0: Over here. Have you guys played tennis before? This is the Rich Eisen Show. What,
1: we say a 24-hour period? 72-hour period? three weeks. Where I thought I could get at least one point off of Alcaraz.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Alcaraz,
1: one point. (laughs) No
0: chance. (laughs) The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network Analyst, Maurice Jones-Drew. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Coming up, quarterback consultant, Jordan Palmer. And now... It's Rich
1: Eisen. Yes, indeed it is. It's hour number three of the show. Great conversation with Maurice Jones-Drew in hour number one when we also gave our Thanksgiving food hot takes. And the phone calls have been lit ever since then, and we're thrilled about it. We're about to take some more phone calls in a second. In hour number two, great chat with Bruce Feldman. Also, uh, the only thing better than my chat with Bruce Feldman was my uh, accurate power rankings I delivered at the top of hour number two. Uh, if you missed any of that, stay tuned because we re-air on the Roku channel as soon as this is done. <laughs> and there's also our YouTube page for all of our clips. And we're so thankful for you know we're closing in on what a 650,000 subscribers yeah, we'll there. Probably hit that. We in the could next couple see days. we could see it. We see it. Um, and see it. we we greatly appreciate all of the patronage of people who listen to us. And then there's our podcast version of this show. All three hours are placed in front of your uh, podcast viewing or listening uh, pleasure. Uh, Same thing with Overreaction Monday, every single Monday. What the Football with uh, Steve Mariucci, uh, the guest of Amy Trask and Susie Schuster on Tuesday. Uh, Please get that wherever you get your podcasts. And that includes all three hours of this program. We greatly appreciate it. Everyone's paid. We're thankful for it, as we would say. Jordan Palmer is joining us in about uh, uh, 20 minutes time to talk about uh, C.J. Stroud's remarkable ascension in uh, Houston. He is also the throwing coach for Jake Browning. And uh, what a um, story in Cincinnati. They're 5-5, Joe Burrow poof, Jake Browning in. And um, I'd love to know what he knows about this kid because the Bengals have uh, a ready-made team right now. And, you know, just give me what, 80% Burrow, right? 100% Browning, 80% Burrow. If that's what we got, who knows? They're taking a run, yeah. They're taking on the Steelers. It's going to be a fun weekend of football. And then, of course, Tom Brady saying there's mediocrity in football. Uh, that quarterback position, I think, would be a front and center for that subject matter. Lots to talk about with, with uh, Jordan Palmer. It's going to be a great chat. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial before we get to what's more likely Thanksgiving version. Jimmy in San Antonio, everybody, our longtime friend. What's up, Jimmy?
2: Hey. What's up, Jimmy?
1: Hey. How you bro? Well,
2: uh, let me tell you, my backhand is strong, and it's definitely two handed. Batta boy. Yeah. Attaboy. My old tennis coach is Tim Dirk. He was the original Spurs Coyote mascot. Ah. He taught me two handed
1: backhand. All right. That's oh. uh, uh, quite a mad lib, Jimmy. Didn't expect all those nope. proper names, but okay. Uh, well, you respect the verbal. Okay. okay? I so. do. What's on your mind?
2: Now, on, on the. Oh, well, first, I want to give you a compliment. Rich, my man, you're a solid. Seven in El Segundo. (laughs) Solid seven.
1: Thank you very much. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. And?
2: Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Same to you, Jimmy. Uh, You know, thanks for taking my call. I've never told you that before, and there was a reason. I was just being rude. Sorry.
1: No problem. Thanks
2: for taking my call, guys, Mm -hmm. and I want to wish you all the best. Del Tufo, your audio grab. That was so timely and Awesome. He's not paying Thank you. He's yes, not. He <laughs> was not. What are you Jimmy,
3: looking at right now? What it? are you looking at? And
1: what were you like a I was getting for it for you. I was okay. getting uh, it for you, Jimmy. Oh, my God. Oh, my Goodness God. Gracious. <laughs> well, guys, have a great weekend. You too, Jimmy. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jimmy. Adios. Jimmy. Adios. 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 Uh, let's go to Martine in New York. What's up, Martine?
0: Hi, Rich. Um, my name's Martine, and I am a new uh, fan, the gentleman I spoke to before getting on the air with you, and thank you for taking my call. You bet told me that um, what I had to say was... I said, is this good enough? He said, go with that. Go with that. And okay. This is... Uh, so what, what you're I'm about talking. to say,
1: Ma- gonna... Martine, what you're about to say was Adam Chudwin approved. Our call screen. Okay. Screener. okay. Well,
0: I'm glad Adam Chudwin approved me. Okay. <laughs> Tell him thank you. Um, I started watching football in July because I watched Quarterback on Netflix. Okay. And it consumed me. And I turned into... A Kansas City frigging fanatic. Rich, I watch YouTube clips, specials, all day long. I watch you now because I discovered you on YouTube. I know more about football than my kids do. I've read uh, Football for Dummies. I watch every game. I could even pick out what the defense is going to do, like Patrick, before they do it. I love it. Which is kind of a little bit of a, an exaggeration. But <laughs> I just wanted to thank you because you're my favorite. You're you're right up there with... Your, Nick Wright is almost as much fun to watch as you, but I, I have you at number one,
1: Martin. I appreciate so, that. I greatly appreciate yeah. that, and you know, and and it's it's uh, you know, you chose wisely. Um, also, I'm sure you know you're in New York. There's not a lot of options at quarterback right now, uh, but you chose wisely by rooting for Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to enjoy most of the times you root for them. You know what I mean?
0: I, I I am enjoying it. I'm just from what I've watched and all the games I've watched and all the replays of everything. I know they're having a problem with the the wide receiver, you know, Roman. They're, they're, hopefully, they'll figure it out. I know all the feedback I would get on that, but I love Dobbs. Minnesota is my second team because of Kirk Cousins being on quarterback. Okay. And and Dobbs is like a Christmas present. He's such a cool guy.
1: Okay. And so, does that mean you're 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 just like? Googling Marcus Mariota is it because that's the, I think we're not, we're not seeing him anywhere. What is on he? Te- not no, on I'm team.
0: talking about Kirk cousins was on, okay.
1: yeah, no, You're no, no. Mariota was the other quarterback on, 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 right. uh, on the Netflix. But I
0: watched the Minnesota Vikings because I like Kirk cousins. And go. then when he got hurt and Josh Dobbs took over and I followed the story of, you know, Josh Dobbs being thrown around the league yeah. from team to team to team. And then how they're now, they won the last couple of games with the exception the other day. Okay. And I'm, um, Love is right. Josh Dobbs. and then two quick trivia things, and I won't keep you. When I was, um, I bartended my whole way through college, and I grew up in uh, Rockland County, New York, which borders um, I Don't River, New Jersey. Yep. And my buddy was Lawrence Taylor for years. And um, so, how are you not into fun? football if your buddies with Lawrence Taylor? Because I was a I was a bartender, party animal, and, and all the rumors were true. You, you worked at LT's. Free-man. Did
2: you work at LT's? Yeah, LT.
1: I DJ yeah. there a couple times. Oh, this yeah. wonderful, Martin! Thank you for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Martin thank and you. Del
2: Tufo might know
1: oh, each other. They, do they, they don't know each other.
2: You, they, you never know. Martin, call back.
1: There you go.
3: Rumors were true. She just said
1: Marcus Mariota is on the Eagles right now. He's the backup to Hertz. By the way, an outstanding backup quarterback. Outstanding. Yeah. Veteran. They lost Minshew to the Colts, and they get Mariota. Great. You know who could have gotten Mariota? The Jets. Don't get me started. <laughs> Friday's going to be long and not prosperous. All right, let's do it. A Thanksgiving version of what's more likely hit it.
0: What's more likely?
1: Never say never, but never. All right, what do you have over there, Chris Brockman? What all right, you have? all right,
3: all right. Quickie, not that long. Five topics here. Right. We got the Thanksgiving games and then Friday's uh, Black Friday game. Right, all and right, then what we're
1: on. also going to do is another version of what's more likely yeah. after class, because we're off on Friday. Uh, we'll post it on Friday on our YouTube screen. Yeah, for the whole weekend slate. Right, here we go. We're servicing S- crowds.
3: Seven and three road contender most likely to get knocked off tomorrow. Niners or Dolphins? <laughs> you don't know what you're getting out of Tim Boyle, Rich. I mean, have some confidence.
1: What's more likely is that the Seahawks beat the Niners. No Kenneth Walker banged up Gino. I get it. I get, no, just I get it. I get it. Of course, it's more likely that Seattle wins a division sides. game at home with Gino and Zach Charbonnet. Get out of here! Gino's banged up. I mean, it if, might be- if I'm sitting here saying it's more likely that lock. the Jets with Tim Boyle, with the offense still being the same coordinated offense that is as dreadful as it comes, behind an offensive line that's as porous as any, you know. The word. any piece of cheese on your thanksgiving table i don't know i was trying to come up with another more traditional <laughs> thanksgiving food that had holes in it mm. you know let's just say the the, well, the jets have more oh, hole offensive go, line has more holes in it than a gravy boat <laughs> and there's two holes there's the one at the top and there's the one that the gravy comes all right anyway <laughs> i'm going with the the niners it's more likely the seahawks win what else, Chris? Never know. All right, wide
3: receiver, more likely to go off for 150 and a tutty, CeeDee Lamb or Tyreek Hill.
1: Oh, I will go uh CeeDee Lamb. Hey, you know, I mean, the Jets' defense is, this past week in Western New York notwithstanding, outstanding. And let's get Sauce, let's get Reed, let's get the rest of that secondary uh. G- Make or, or the, the, the defensive line causing Tua to have to hitch. And I think the Dallas Cowboys go off, quite frankly. I think this is going to be an ugly one. Ooh, really? I do. I do. And, and all I know is that, you know, obviously I'll be very busy on Thursday. So what I'll do is I'll keep an eye on Magic Johnson's Twitter feed for the score. <laughs> and, of course, context and how the score came about. Of course. What else, Chris? <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Uh, more likely to be the higher
3: total times Sam Howell is sacked or total touchdowns in the Packers-Lions game.
1: Um,
3: Good one. I will
1: go Sam Howell sacks.
3: Sam Howell not sacked as much as he was earlier in the year, yep. the last three games, three, got three, and four.
1: Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I, I have no idea how the Packers-Lions game is going to go. I mean, I got a little hitch in my giddy up there based on what I saw with the Bears did to Detroit yeah. and that Detroit needed to pull one out of its orifice. Good moxie on the comeback. What else, Chris? More likely to be the high total,
3: two of passing yards versus the Jets, or Heat-Knicks combined score on Friday. Oh, How about okay. that? They're playing each other. Miami's playing. Do you the want to Jets tell me? Do you want
1: to tell me where the, the place where the Super Bowl is, and there's no plaque or signpost for Mo Green, despite him creating that town. What the what the combined score and the, the estimation saying, of those esteemed individuals NBA would be?
3: Totals have been around two twenty five, two
1: thirty this year. Oh, um, except
2: I, for when the Pacers play. Pacers
1: um, really I'll take the two of passing yards. Yeah, I'll take two of passing yards. A but the Jets are going to hold him b- b- below two twenty. I don't, know. Um, it's I don't good, know. It's a good defense. One of the Heat and Knicks play each other. On Friday. Oh, okay. Very good. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Friday, both days. Hey. Miami playing in New York. Both, Isn't that both, great? Both teams. All the sports. Well done. Isn't that awesome? I wonder if the... Because who went first? The NBA go... The NBA. I don't know who went first. NFL, I think, announced okay. the schedule. What else, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll take I two passing more yards. I'm genuinely concerned you know I'm that that Friday is just going to be blackout Friday for me. I mean... Yeah, it's be five o'clock. It's gonna be it's gonna be five o'clock somewhere really early for me out here on the West Coast.
3: Week. All right, last one. Uh, more likely, CMC more total yards or Amon-Ra receiving
1: yards. Oh, this is my poker league fantasy football oh, conundrum shit. here this week. These are the two. These are the two of the gentlemen that have me eight and three in that league. Look at you dominating. I don't hear a lot of chatter from my friends this year in the same way that I've heard it the last several years. Um, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. CMC more total yards. I think they're gonna have to lean on him. I think they're gonna lean on him. So that's where I'm going with that one. CMC total yards. Amon Ra receiving. I know. Uh, I'll go. Amon obviously, somebody. A somebody who's as is, is terrific a runner and and pass catcher as M- CMC. I'll just the math alone gives me the opportunity to get above Amon Ra St. Brown's receiving yards.
3: Well, you know he's not coming out of the game. Kyle Shanahan refuses to play any subs.
1: I don't know. Elijah Mitchell got some run last week. Yeah, first time. I um, know. Great. All I need them both. Good luck. Thank you, sir. You don't really mean that, do you? I mean, I'm not in your league, so okay, sure. Good. You, you can win. That's cool. <laughs> Very <laughs> kind. You're so kind. Uh, so that's a what's more likely Thanksgiving triple header and Black Friday Dolphin Jet edition of What's More Likely. Uh, we're going to give you on Friday, you can check out our, our YouTube feed, uh, a more traditional, if you will. Because it slate. is a tradition, right? Full, full slate. slate, what's Whoa, more likely. Full and uh, that's when I'll also give my opinion on Michigan-Ohio State. I'm holding my powder at this point in time. I've got things to say before that game. Let's take a break right here on our program. When we come back... Jordan Palmer, throwing coach for so many, including, as you see on the screen there, Trevor Lawrence. What does Jordan have to say about Tom Brady's mediocrity thought? Coming up. Back here in the Rich Eisen Show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk. Furnished by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by as our friend Jordan Palmer, the quarterback guru and quarterback throwing coach, joining us once again here the day before Thanksgiving on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Jordan?
4: I'm doing great. I'm fired up for this slate of games this weekend. I don't know about you, but I am. Um, I love that we got games typically on three days a week. This week we got them on four. So. Uh, the more, the merrier. That's right. That
1: is correct. Uh, so, and and I've got one on Saturday for uh, college, Jordan. That I'm, uh, I'm uh, getting yeah, ready for. Do. Getting ready for that I, game.
4: Hey, I like Michigan in that matchup. I saw a stat that was, you know, some you know the team that rushes for more yards is like twenty one and zero or some crazy stat. So if that's the case, and the team that run, runs the ball better uh, wins the game, then I like Michigan.
1: All right. Well, I mean, and you know, I guess this. Um, Ohio State uh, spot is a good way to jump off into our conversation about C.J. Stroud and what we're seeing in this league from him and how remarkable he has looked for the Houston Texans. I had Kurt Warner on the show yesterday. I'm like, hey, man, and all the tape that you're seeing, give me the quarterback that's seeing it the best and slinging it the best consistently from jump all the way to week 12. And he said Stroud. That was the first name out of his mouth. Why is it working so well for him? Do you think Jordan?
4: Well, I, I think it was a, a great situation. Now I, I've my co-host on my podcast, Kyle Allen, uh, was the backup and ended up starting a couple games last year. so I'm very, very familiar with the state of Houston Texans football 12 months ago. Yes. So one, the turnaround in general starts with D'Amico Ryans and goes on the way down there. But I think adding a couple of pieces um, you know, on defense with will Anderson, but but Tank Dell. In the third round, that's actually a guy because I've trained Clayton Toon out of Houston. So I spent a lot of time with Tank Dell. I was, I told a lot of GMs, watch out for this Tank Dell kid. And there's, I'm getting some, uh, some texts every now and then. Um, But I think it was just adding the right pieces to allow CJ to be able to have a very rhythmic uh, uh, passing game. And I think that's probably the goal of everybody. So it kind of sounds dumb to say, look, you know, they want their quarterback to be in rhythm. Like, of course, everybody does. But they really, they have the personnel to do it. And the way they've installed it, and it just it fits with him because that's a lot of what they did at Ohio State. And then the part of his game that's evolved probably, and I've been around CJ since he was like 16, probably faster than I thought it would, is his ability to buy time and create time and space. And so you're just seeing great movement by him, and he's just constantly remaining a passer. Uh, and he called himself a ball placement specialist going through the draft process. And so far he has completely backed that up, whether he's on time, or whether he's off schedule. So why do you feel um,
1: the opposite is happening with Bryce Young so far this year, Jordan?
4: I just think there's too much on his plate. Um, There's obviously pressure from being the number one pick. That's nothing new. Um, But uh, there's just so many holes on that roster. And similarly to working with Kyle Allen and understanding Houston's, uh, what's going on in the building in Houston, I work with Sam Darnold, so I – very well understand what's been happening in the building in Carolina. and um, It's not that they're missing a whiteout. It's, you know, it's not that they're missing DJ more. There's just holes across the board. Um, and you can go back to that draft a few years ago when they selected, you know, everybody on defense for the entire draft. Uh, and so I just think that there's a whole roster overhaul that needs to happen. And when, when that's the case and you got a quarterback, that's not playing well and certainly not the first, high draft pick rookie quarterback to have a bad rookie year. I mean, we saw this two years ago, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think there's just so much on his plate. And the reality is is his game is to not run around and create and solve all these problems at this NFL level when there's that many holes. So point uh, blame will be pointed at the coordinator and the head coach. But the reality is, is that that roster is a long ways away from being competitive in this league, regardless of who their quarterback is. And the key thing moving forward, just like what happened with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor has a dumpster fire rookie year, the Urban Meyer. <clears throat> and then the next year he was able to reset. It didn't matter. And they went to the second round of the playoffs. So, you know, Bryce having a tough year, even if it gets worse, I think it has no effect because of his self-confidence because of, how he carries himself and how he approaches the game. I don't see this lingering into his second year. It's just a really tough way to start your NFL career.
1: And let me keep picking your brain, Jordan Palmer on your unique insight and a lot of things going on in the NFL right now. Josh Allen uh, diagnosed for me, what has been uh, another interception late in year, but now a change at offensive coordinator that proved in just his first game uh, with Joe Brady calling the plays, to have a more efficient game, it looked like. What's your diagnosis of what's going on there with him?
4: Well, this was a pretty tumultuous offseason, you know, with the uncertainty of digs. And and last year was big, you know, just was tough losing Brian Daywall. And you can try and replace a great coach. You can try and re- replace a great player. Um, but it's typically very difficult to do that when you have somebody who's elite in that role. Again, whether that's offensive coordinator or that's Matt Milano at middle linebacker, it's difficult to replace those things. Um, But I really think that Buffalo is poised right now to go on a run. You know, we heard Josh on the sidelines saying, I'm back. Um, And I don't know that everyone went away, but uh, when when you feel pressed, like you have to make a play uh, is when decisions that you want back end up creeping in. And uh, I think those are behind him. And I'm excited to watch, you know, Josh and and I'm, I've been around Joe Brady a lot. You know, I've worked with Burrow for five years. So at LSU, and then he was with Sam Darnold in Carolina. Um, and I think Joe Brady, one of the best parts of Joe Brady is he keeps things simple. He lets players make plays. He can call, I mean, LSU, and I know they have superstar receivers and, and the number one pick at quarterback. Yes. But they ran four verts like multiple times a game because they didn't, they didn't, they weren't worried that the quarterback was just going to chuck it up in the air again. But let Joe Burrow work the pocket, make off schedule throws or take something when it's there on time. And so I I think if if Buffalo heads in the direction of simplifying things and allowing some of these young players to play faster, you're going to start seeing guys like Shakir, who had a big game the other day, some random guys step up. We all know what Steph Diggs can do. Uh, but we're going to start seeing some more plays being made and the ball coming out of Josh's hands quicker and potentially Josh running the ball, getting back to the style of play that B- uh, Bill's Mafia loves.
1: But the whole idea that Allen had to do too much, that was supposed to be removed from his plate with the uh, overhauling of the run game. I know Damian Harris got hurt, but you know Latavius Murray being there and Cook being the lead back, Dalton Kincaid being added in the draft because he's a red zone specialist. So where... Where did some of the doubt just start to linger into a guy whose game is like all world? You could see it. How did, like, where did that come from?
4: Well, I I think, um, we all saw the Monday night game to kick off the season when Aaron got hurt and Josh turned it over and they lost to the jets. But, uh, there was a pass there where, where Josh was playing really good football. I think he was still leading the NFL in completion percentage. Yeah. Um, whether he is today or was up until a week ago, it's the same thing. Either way, he's completing a lot of balls. Um, but, you know, certainly when they can get under center and they can line up and run the ball effectively, which you can say about any team, yes. including your Michigan Wolverines, <laughs> um, then you're in a position to, you know, force the defense to play the way that they don't want to play. Um, they don't want to play single high and have to stop the run because it's going to be really difficult to cover Stephon Diggs. And so I think the more that they can uh, get those chunk yardage, James uh, Cook is coming around more. Latavius Murray is really just kind of old, reliable. Um, and and he's just always there and 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 takes advantage of opportunities. But I think this offense, as they, if they continue to trend towards being able to run the ball effectively, also with Josh, um, that they, they're going to get more of the one-on-one opportunities down the field for Gabe Davis and Steph Diggs and uh, these other young players that are coming along.
1: Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show, quarterback consultant QB Room podcast with Kyle Allen, and again the Summit Tour. We'll get to that in a second right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Another um, story that's uh, come home to roost in the NFL, unfortunately for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, that you have some unique insight in, is Jake Browning is about to get his first career start for a Bengals team that is five and 5-5, five, weapons galore, because this team was set up to win now uh, in what was Burrow's last year of being an affordable on the salary cap contracted quarterback. Uh, what's your insight on on Jake Browning for Bengals fans here?
4: Rich, I'm bullish on this. Um, there's, we can spend the next ten minutes talking about how devastating it is for Joe, for the team, for the fan base. Um, but I think everyone everyone sees that the same way. It's just an awful situation all the way around for Joe, uh, not being able to play a complete year uh, due to an injury. Um, but this past offseason, so I, I, I've known who Jake Browning was, but I, I didn't really I didn't watch him a ton in college, and then you know he went undrafted. He, he wasn't in my draft group, and didn't honestly didn't, didn't know what team he was on two years ago. Um, and he, you know, I've been working with Joe for five years. And so after, you know, they got a chance to work together for two years, I, I got hit up by Jake this past off season and ended up spending um, basically January to July with him. And, you know, it was almost week by week. I started going, wait a second, this dude is really good. Like he can spin it, his movement, a lot of this, you know, a lot of stuff that we work on like happened quickly. Um, and then as I got to know him better and do a little bit more research, looking back, I kind of looked at it through the lens of how I evaluate draft picks. So right now, like before we got on the zoom, I was talking to an agent about a quarterback they're recruiting, but like this time of year, that's what I'm doing. And so I break everybody down on team. I tape for the draft. I want to have an opinion and I can't wait until the draft. I got to do that in November and December. So I'm right in the thick of studying college guys. Well, when I looked back on Jake's career, Several of the things that I look for in a quarterback, I saw in Jake. And one of them is, and this might sound silly, but at any point in this guy's career, was he like a baller? And I don't even care if it was high school. Did he like run around and make plays and like be the reason they won the game? Jake Browning threw 91 touchdowns his senior year in high school. That's a California state record at a good school in Folsom. So he was completely dominant in high school. And then you go look at Washington, great staff, some good receivers, all that. He's a four-year starter. I mean, he's he's almost a four-to-one touchdown interception ratio. He was offensive player of the year multiple times, won the Pac-12 two out of three years. Like, he was a great college football player, and he was making plays. And those receivers we thought were really good, guys like Dante Pettis, who got drafted in the second round, are, turns, get to the NFL, and it's like, no, that that's not what – they were really good college players, but I think Dante's on his fourth team. And so you go, well, wait a second, maybe a little bit more credit for Jake. Uh, And what I saw Thursday night when Joe got hurt and just think about this happened to Zach Wilson week one, this, this happens when a guy gets hurt in the game, the starting quarterback gets hurt in the game and he's out for the year. And you know, it, there's this feeling as a backup and I've lived it where it's like, Hmm. I'm not going in for the end of the game. I'm not going in to finish off the game. I'm the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. As of this moment right now, that's a heavy It can be exciting, but that's also a heavy moment. And what I saw, Jake, Thursday night in front of everybody on the road in one of the most difficult places to play, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: nothing changed. Similar to Joe, nothing changed. And just put a drive together, execute, use his legs, make some plays on the run, and then very telling. That touchdown pass he threw to Jamar Chase, I don't know if everyone was watching at the end of the game, but it was like a fade, and then he turns over his outside shoulder. There's a lot of names for it. Yeah, yeah. That is a throw that is 100% timing. That was the first time he'd thrown that ball to Jamar. Because when you're the backup, you don't work things like that with the starting receivers. <laughs> right. So the first time he's attempted a throw that is 100% feel and timing, it went exactly where it was going. So I'm bullish on this. I think Cincinnati's offense is going to look really good with Jake Browning at the helm. And the other thing that backup quarterbacks sometimes do not ha- are not afforded is when you take over for a bad team that's out of it, you get bad play from teammates around you. They're in it. Statistically speaking, the Bengals are in it, and both of his receivers are in a contract year. He is going to be playing with highly motivated teammates on offense and defense. So I think he's set up to have a very successful run here.
1: Wow. Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show. You are you are going to be a popular man in Cincinnati with that opinion, but obviously you—you you, maybe you, no, no no, but <laughs> it's also very no, it's 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 very well founded, you know. Like it's you're, you're not just pulling a lot of stuff out of thin air, right there. Um, so let me just hit you with uh, the Tom Brady um, statement this past week here that there's a lot of mediocrity in football right now, and uh, part of what he's saying, I think, is born out of the fact. Uh, that we constantly see new quarterbacks in the NFL over and over and over again. There were 68 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Jake Browning, you just mentioned, who's got, as you said, a good skill set. Tim Boyle making his first start for the Jets. These are two new guys starting this week. It's going to be 52 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I kind of feel like you are not only getting kids ready to be starters, maybe in the in the pros, but you're getting backups ready because the kids are the backups now. It's not like folks like you don't really exist in the NFL anymore from your playing career, you know, with what I'm saying. So why why is this happening? What's your two cents on why we're seeing this churn right now? And so many well, unready, if you will, green quarterbacks are getting in games and in, in situations where teams need them to win playoff position contests. Jordan?
4: Well, I think Brady kind of referenced it. I don't have the quote memorized, but it was something around the lack of development. Yeah. Um, and he was, I think, probably saying across the board, but certainly just on the quarterback side of things. Um, but also... Uh, you got to go early in the, in the process. And, and I had on my podcast, Dan Orlovsky came on a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that he had pointed out is he thinks there's a lot of lazy coaching going on and, and lazy coaching or lazy development either way. But what happens is from, let's just say a throwing mechanic standpoint, it is the furthest thing down at the bottom of the totem pole for coaches in college in the NFL. Because if you're a college football coach, you're an offensive coordinator and, and quarterbacks coach, let's say, which is really common. whether you're the quarterback coach or you just have the clicker in your hand in that meeting, either way, you coach quarterbacks, those guys and a lot of the best coordinators in football right now, uh, that's, that's the setup. If you write down the list of everything that that offensive coordinator in college needs to do over the course of a week, regardless of what time of year it is fundamental mechanics of the quarterback is really far down the list. It's why there's an industry for guys like me, because if they have additional hour, they're going to go watch tape or they're going to DM a recruit or they're going to do some media. Like there's just there's so much on their plate. And then they have constraints. It's not all their, t- their fault. They have constraints over how much time they can spend because of the CBA, because of uh, you know the rules in the NFL, the 20 hour rule. So they're limited on time, handcuffed, so to speak, and of the list of things that they got to get done that day. Mechanics just falls across and I'm uniquely positioned to have this opinion because when I do draft prep, I'm also another way to look at that is I'm getting back colleges finished product. And this draft class all have worked with a quarterback from the 50th college and several schools, multiple times that the last couple constant quarterbacks. And so you have time constraints with NFL and college coaches and their ability to work on those things. Then you have No connection. The strength staff, the physical therapy staff and the coaching staff, they're not coordinated or synced. So the quarterback coach doesn't really know what's going on in the weight room and the weight, the strength coach who works with the quarterbacks, he's never been in the quarterback room. And it's not an indictment on one team. This is at 32 programs in the NFL and every college. Rich, the bulk of what I do now is consulting for colleges. I come in and I, I call it interdepartmental communications consulting. I coordinate those groups for people. And come up with an actual development plan. So when Brady said that, and it was on the ticker the other night, I took a screenshot of it, and it's going in my deck because he's spot on. And this is a systemic problem. And the laziness comes because these high school kids are so much more developed coming out than they were before that the mechanics slip through in college, they get drafted high. There's no time to work on those things. They just let the quarterback go in isolation and work with people like me. But then it's not integrated, and then all of a sudden, poof, throw them out on the field, and we're going to judge you in real time in the moment. So it's just it's a systemic problem. It's not an indictment on the coaches or any any one person. It's an old way of thinking, and uh, I think we're starting to have. I certainly am have a revolution in terms of how we're looking at quarterback development.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. If I, again, if I'm an owner in the league, I want to handle this.
4: Problem. I've got a big meeting coming up in two weeks. What do you got? One. What do you got? With, with. Well, just in terms of presenting this to the owner, not to the office.
1: Okay. okay. To an owner in the national football league, because yeah. you go Jordan Palmer, because if I'm an owner in the NFL, I want to fix this problem because there, but for the grace of God goes my team and the way the cap is working, I'm not going to, you know, pay a, a veteran to sit there. I'll, I'll just bring in a kid and hope he's ready. You know, if I get there and then and then I put the kid in and he's unready and I'm probably sitting there going, damn, we should have had the veteran. You know what I mean? Well, like, there's also
4: opportunities to find out one, get experience for backup quarterbacks, right? And two, find out if he should be your backup quarterback. So the, the LA Chargers is a perfect example right now. Okay, uh-huh. I saw, I think that they have like a 2% chance of making the playoffs or something, right? They got Baltimore at home on Sunday night football, set aside Brandon Staley for a second and, and yes, what's going to happen there. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. But let's say they, as they probably will get beat by Baltimore, so now they're statistically removed from the playoffs. If I'm the Chargers, <clears throat> I need to figure out if Easton Stick is good or not. More than I need to win two more games. So let alone Justin Herbert's hurt. So one of the key decisions is that I would, if I was sitting there talking to an owner, what I would say is, you got four, five, three, however many games left, or at that point, this is a good opportunity to see if you should remain, if Easton Stick should be your backup, or if you should address this elsewhere. And it's not – I don't – if you ask me if I thought Easton Stick was good, I don't know. He's only played in the preseason. But you got a really good roster, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would use this season, not OTAs, to see if this guy is my – should uh, be my backup, if I should extend him or if we should move on. And so I don't think teams do a good enough job of taking an advantage of getting a guy meaningful reps. Right. Uh, they, uh, at the end of the game – I mean, I can go three. I went three for four at the end of the game when we were getting smoked. But that doesn't mean I can start, and so I think teams whiff on opportunities to evaluate and get reps, meaningful reps. I got it. Um, I, hear
1: I hear you, Jordan. But I, I, the NFL should not have December. <clears throat> like it, the the product doesn't get better, right? If if the Chargers are taken on a team, let's just take use this as an example. I love this conversation. Um, you know, like see again, the Chargers have Buffalo week sixteen at home. And you're a team like Cincinnati, and you gotta you gotta get past Buffalo, or you're trying to get past Buffalo. Buffalo's trying to get a playoff spot, and in this game now they got to deal with Easton Stick instead of Justin Herbert. How does that make this product less mediocre? You know what I mean? Like the, the league should not be in a position of using actual regular season games at the ends of seasons. To to evaluate kids like there maybe there's a spring league you put money in a spring league I'm not saying create another NFL Europe because I know scouts don't want to and teams don't want to fly across the Atlantic to see their their prospects I don't know the the USFL XFL all that stuff like let's go like that's the way to do it isn't it Jordan
4: well and I'm the executive director of quarterback development for the XFL and look at us potentially both there's okay. the a potential merger sure um, with the USFL. Uh, and I think it's, you know, I can talk on and on about how great of a job they did there. But if I want to know, and we're just, again, talking about Easton Stick here. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I want to know that he's, that I can lose Justin Herbert and we're good, there's only one way to find that out. And that's starting an NFL game. So I hear you on the the level of play, but they do this anyways. I've been on like a 2-14 and 14 team before. That rookie, six-round pick linebacker is starting the last three weeks. They got to see if he's good or not. All right? right and even even with we saw it happen in Arizona so they tra- the trade deadline came they shipped Josh Dobbs to Minnesota we all know that right kyler murray had been practicing but wasn't ready to go 100% whatever it was so it was a perfect opportunity to put clayton tune in the fifth round pick rookie and give him a re- and see what it looks like and so teams do this i just think they needed to have a focus on this season at what point are we going to find out if this is if our two is worthy of being a two, and how are we going to get him reps that are relevant for games? And then there's teams where no guys played a lot, like Josh Allen's backup, my co-host Kyle Allen. I don't know, he's got like twenty something starts. They know what he is, you know. Mm. And then there's there's really good backups where we know what that guy is. I know what Jameis Winston is if he goes in the game in New Orleans. I don't need to evaluate that, but there's there are teams that have very green backups and game reps. Like, I, look, I, I spend the whole offseason doing drills with guys. <clears throat> it's helpful. But if you want to get good at quarterback, you need to play.
1: QBSummit.com, the 2024 Summit Tour has been launched. Quarterback, um, uh, transformative weekends for quarterbacks in middle and high school, eight stops around the country, selling out fast. So go to QBSummit.com to get your spot. Uh, great Thanksgiving to you, Jordan. Let's, I'd love to have you back on in December because I want to talk draft with you. That's when things really rubber is going to meet the road here. So let's do it. Let's do it.
4: All right, brother. Appreciate it. Happy holidays,
1: man. You bet. Same to you. That's Jordan Palmer right here on the Rich Eisen show. Can you imagine if um, the Chargers going into that Saturday Week 16 game um, (coughs) decides to use that game against the Bills as an opportunity to check on Easton Stick? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? Are they out of the playoff hunt? yeah, just his scenario. Could you imagine yeah. if they did that? Bills need it. Other teams need the Bills to lose so they can get it. And it's Easton Stick. It's not Justin Herbert. They wind up blowing out the coach. They just they, The the season's over. They need to see what they got for Easton Stick because it's better to see him get reps against the Bills for real than it would be to see uh, what happens in preseason or in, in the spring. Really? Can you imagine what would happen? It would be... Off nah, the not, charts. Not ideal. That's, again, the not NFL ideal. shouldn't be having using their regular season games like that to see if backups can, can work. Yeah. 844-204-RICH. Number to TJ Jefferson is going to give you his fantasy advice going out the door for our Thanksgiving weekend. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show, game time tickets. Yes. Uh, there are sponsors of Overreaction Monday. This show, What the Football, and it's a great way for you to make sure that you get tickets in time for the holidays. Maybe it's a great present, great gift. Take your loved one out. Take the kids somewhere uh, to a sporting event, to anything that's in your area, comedy, music, everything. It, it's, it's awesome, even not in your area. If you're traveling somewhere, go just put in you know where you're going and what you're looking for, and boom, out come the tickets, and so does the all-in pricing. That may be my favorite part about all this is that when you go in to this app and you ask for, hey, the ticket's in this spot, you get to see your entire pricing up front before you check out. It's simple. Go and download the GameTime app, put it on your mobile device, create an account, use a code RICH, $20 off your first purchase. Takes the guesswork right out of buying tickets. Game Time. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account, redeem the code RICH, $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is an irrational thought on fantasy. I've got four players going Thanksgiving, and Woo. it makes me nervous. Yeah, but it I, doesn't matter, right? They, they're going to play over the next four yeah. days. Yeah, it's a different. It's what? different. It's, just, know, it's so crazy. I'm with you though, but it's irrational. Yep. Thankfully, we have the irrational voice of T.J. Jefferson. It's now time for his weekly fantasy football update, sponsored by Prize Picks. T.J. Jefferson, you have the floor.
2: Hey, let's get you guys ready for Week 12. DJ Mikey D give me my theme music oh there we go listen guys at this point your team should pretty much have come together and you're ready to make a, in a nice in theory ready to make a nice little playoff run so we're just going to throw some names out here that might be stop gaps for you and uh as him this week i got a running back from the cleveland browns and that is jerome ford i said jerome's in the house watch your mouth look the Broncos has been, the Broncos defense has been better lately, but it's still allowing over six yards per carry since week eight. And Jerome Ford's averaging 11 points per game over his last three. Now, that's not, you know, incredible stats, but that's good enough to get you through a week. So I say if you have Jerome, feel confident starting him. I think he'll get the job done. Also, Brockman, believe it or not, you know who else is going to be him this week? I have a feeling your boy DeMario Douglas. Oh. Huh. I can't believe I'm saying huh. this, but he's the top wide receiver in New England for whatever that's worth. He scored wow. 10 plus. In that's a last gutsy four. play, pal. It's a gutsy play, but he's, see, he's seen a combined 23 targets over that time. And as we okay. know, heavy targets mean there's a chance that you can put up that's points. Cool. And he's in a good spot to produce this week against the Giants over the last four weeks. Over, only the Eagles and Pats, believe it or not, have allowed more points to wide out. So if you got DeMario Douglas, I'm going to tell you right now, I got feel it. he's going to be him. It's called week. Zappy Crackle pop <laughs> Right? Who's right.
1: not him? Who's
2: All not right. him? Believe it or not and you probably do believe it, with Aaron Jones, friend of the sh- show out, I'm going to say A.J. Dillon. You, you, you think you want to put him in there but A.J. just hasn't been getting it done this year mm. and the Detroit Lions have allowed the six fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs and what's more Guys are averaging just 3.5 yards per rush against them. I don't want him going up against Aiden Hutchinson and the boys. I'm telling you right now, A.G. Dillon, he ain't him this week. And also Terry McLaurin. Maybe this is, like, you know, personal. (laughs) Maybe, you know. Speaking of
1: existence, TJ.
2: You know, the Dallas Cowboys defense is really good. Let's just say that. We're really good and. McLaurin, his longest catch last week was I think eleven yards, and prior to that was like 13 yards. I'm not expecting a big day out of Terry McLaurin. Guys, he's not him. Now we're gonna get to the header gut. You know who might be him? I was kind of thinking this and Jordan Palmer kind of made me go, maybe. Okay. Believe it or not, I'm gonna say Jake Browning. Okay, and here's why. As we found out, this man threw 91 touchdown passes in a single high school season. He threw 229 throughout his career, which is a record. And i tell you what, not one of those receivers he played for, Rich, are as good as Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins, who will eventually get back. So if you're in a predicament, if you're in a tough spot— Roll with Jake Browning. I think he's going to surprise you. Okay. And that's the fantasy advice for
1: week 12. Well done. Our fantasy football update is sponsored by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills. Join the Prize Picks community. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. And again, because I'm so nuts about I've got um, Amon Ra. God. Kittle and uh, CMC and okay. Aubrey, the kicker for Dallas. there'
2: those are four starts. I know, wow. I, I, I know yeah. that. Four but, but I'm like,
1: that's four guys out the gate already. It's driving me nuts that I, you know, I, tomorrow it like I, a, it's make or break. You it's know, it's not
2: like your one third game on Thursday. So week. I might is- play Keaton
1: Mitchell instead of Javante Williams just to have a Sunday night. I'm nuts. Hey, (laughs) thanks to uh, to everybody who is on the show today. We're going to stay after class and give you previews for Thanksgiving. That'll be on our YouTube page. The same thing with my Ohio State, Michigan preview and thoughts of what's more likely. Jake Butt of the Big Ten Network. I'm going to chat with him. He's raising money based off the big game. That'll be on our YouTube page on Friday. I'll also maybe do some videos based on the results of Thursday's games. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody who's listening.